So my friends, today uh, we turn our attention to this figure of John the Baptist, now in chapter 3 of Luke's Gospel on the second Sunday of Advent. And when Luke begins with this kind of litany of these people that are in charge, we don't have much of a cultural context for this. So for us, like, all right, whatever, he's just giving some kind of, you know, dating system for this but it's not rather these are these are pretty bad dudes right there there's this is this is a rough tiberius caesar was no friend of the jewish people pontius pilate whose name we read in the creed as the one who crucified our lord you know condemned him to death herod and his brother philip two very corrupt um politicians who herod was the king of jerusalem the king of jerusalem but they were very very corrupt politicians and and um bloodthirsty we don't know too much about Licinius. Um, and then Annas and Caiaphas uh, were high priests. Well, that, again, not being Jewish, we don't have much of a context for, but there's one high priest who's the high priest for life. And so the fact that Luke is even saying there are two high priests, in fact, there are more. There are like, you know, 14 or 18 high priests in a very short reign because the Romans would just cycle them through. So it's a sign that the Jewish uh, religious hierarchy had kind of um, given way to Roman occupation. So things are pretty bad. And that's what the, the, the setting the scene. But in the midst of all of that, the word of God came upon John the Baptist. The John, the son of Zechariah, who is of the tribe of Levi, right? One of the priestly uh, tribe and as well his mother Elizabeth. In the midst of all of this, the word of God comes upon John, raises up John and sends John out to preach. And so we too, if we're confronted with difficult world situations in whatever the circumstances may be, and even if at times we have frustration with our religious leaders, we're definitely not as bad as they were at the time with two high priests, but the word of God still comes to us. It still reaches out to us. God is always raising up more faithful men and women to proclaim his word, to go in and prepare the way. And that's what Isaiah uh, proclaims, right? I, little bit of a... Um, confession, when I get to an Old Testament passage in the New Testament, I usually just kind of skip over. I don't skip over, but I don't really read it as attentively, right? I'm reading the New Testament. What are we doing throwing the Old Testament in here? But it is when we actually look at what Isaiah's prophecy says, it is um, instructive for us. The voice of one crying out in the desert, that's John the Baptist, crying out in the desert, take a break. Things are a little rough, Um, socially, they're a little rough politically and even religiously, take a break, get into the desert, go into a deserted place, get out of the hustle and bustle a little bit and listen, listen to the voice of one who's crying out. And what does he cry out? Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. Now that is a imperative. It's a command, right? It's not John who has to do, it's not just John's job. John is commanding us through Isaiah the prophet. Prepare the way of the Lord. So who prepares God's way? You do, and I do. It's not just the job of John the Baptist. It's our job. We're commanded. All of us need to go and prepare, make ready the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming, as we heard about last weekend. Jesus is coming. Our King is coming. We're going to celebrate him at Christmas. We're waiting for his second coming at the end of time. And there's that intermediate coming right now in word and sacrament among us. And we are called to prepare the way so that Jesus has an easy reception in people's hearts. And we hear that in order to prepare the way of the Lord, every valley, 
Every valley will be filled. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. Again, just think about that. I often skip over it. But just think about it, right? They're going to make mountains low. Oh, there's this huge mountain standing in my way. I can't spread the gospel. I can't get things ready for people. I can't prepare the way of the Lord. There's all these obstacles. There's all these difficulties. Well, guess what? The mountains will be made low. And the valleys are going to be filled in. God can, can break down any mountain that stands in our way as we try to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we do, um, if we just very honestly and lovingly seek to spread the gospel, God will break down even the, the biggest mountains. A little, a little win here in our parish, totally unplanned for. Um, but, you know, the, the popular media, right? Popular media and the mass media, they're so biased toward the church, and they're so, they're so harsh oftentimes in how they cover the church. And I sat down with a reporter from the Hartford Current on Tuesday, just telling him what's going on, right? And it ends up on the front page on Wednesday's paper in a, in a very positive way. Um, oh, no, the Hartford Current can't possibly cover the church in any kind of good way. Of course it can. Mountains will be made low. Valleys are going to be filled in. God, God can work. If we just, with honesty and a little openness, if we're willing to just do our part, whoever we're, whoever we're encountering in that moment, we're willing to just spread the gospel as best we can with sincerity, with love, with gentleness, kind of open to, not kind of, definitely open to the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works through us, mountains will be made low. Nothing's going to stand in the way of the gospel. There'll be the cross, there'll be difficulty, sure, but God can take care of any difficulty, any mountain, any valley. The winding roads, though we don't really have a direct path, will be made straight right away. It's just straight to the heart of the matter. And then we hear from Isaiah, this last little part, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That as we prepare the way of the Lord, as we, as we seek to, to prepare God's way, all flesh will see the salvation of God. That there is nothing about human existence that can't be sanctified. And that we're called to prepare. If we prepare God's way, if we really give ourselves over to him, that all of these elements of life are sanctified. All flesh, all flesh will see the salvation of God. Our religion is not just a, a mind thing, right? It's not just a theoretical thing. But rather, it's in, it's in the, the daily stuff of our fleshly existence. And all of that can be sanctified, can be turned over to God. Oh, no, it can't possibly. Our, our religion is just about thoughts and prayers and all the, you know, all the other stuff of human existence. We either ignore it or we politely kind of turn our attention. No, everything can be turned over and sanctified. Everything can be made holy. All flesh we'll see the salvation of our God. And so there's nothing that's off limits for God's salvation to enter into and raise up to the level of holiness. And so this is the promise that God makes through John the Baptist, through Isaiah, and so through John the Baptist. And so we, we have to live this. We have to live this, this way of preparing for God. We are commanded by imperative to go and do it. And so this is our task today. 
right, to go and actually try to prepare the way. And if we've just been looking too much at, at mountains and valleys and curving roads and, and things that we just think are off limits that we can't possibly sanctify, no, everything can be made holy if we turn it over to our Heavenly Father, if we approach it with a real honesty, uh, a real sincerity. Uh, if we live this, if we live this Christian joy, if we live uh, this Christian optimism, this is going to catch like a wildfire. Uh, and so we got to ask our Lord for this grace today um, to really do work, to, to prepare for his way, to see that it's our role. John the Baptist spurs us on to go and get to work so that hopefully, as more and more people, it happens at Christmas, more and more people come to Mass, we maybe have had an impact in their lives. We prepared their hearts so that when they come to celebrate Christmas, all crowds of people that hopefully come and celebrate with us on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, they've all had a little bit of pre-preparation uh, work to get ready so they too can encounter and know the salvation of our God.